hello, hello, and welcome to the Be Healthy and Thrive podcast. I am your host, Brianna Wilkerson from Made Well. I'm holistic health and life coach and essential oils advocate on a mission to really empower you to be healthy and thrive in all areas of your life. So this podcast is all about that. It's all about seeing you thrive in more than just your physical health, but in your emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, relational, and vocational health. So you'll find solo episodes, interviews, as well as panel episodes, all designed to really encourage you and move you forward in your whole health and life. You'll also find bonus essential oil features really empowering you to know how to use essential oils in your everyday life. So I'm so glad you're here. And be sure to share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and let me know your thoughts. So let's get started. Welcome everyone back to the Be Healthy and Thrive podcast. My name is Brianna Wilkerson from Mate Well, uh, and I'm holistic health and life coach and essential oils advocate as well as the host of this podcast and kind of close to wrapping up this series around loving God completely with your whole health and life uh, for this Christmas summit and giveaway. And today I'm actually going to talk to you about financial health, particularly the topic of is money the root of all evil. So I have so much to share with you. I have so much on my heart about this topic that is actually was hard to even narrow down with which direction do I go in and hopefully I don't ramble, but my heart is here because if you've been following me, either been a part of my you know email list or Facebook group or just the different things I've been doing around in the local community, I've been talking a lot about financial health and money, in particular, really restoring your relationship with money. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background of why that is so important to me, a little bit about my journey, and then I'm going to talk about why I believe it's something that God, that Jesus really wants us to be healed from. He wants his people to put money in its rightful place, but not ignore it and not think it's bad and not think it's evil. And I'll kind of share some scripture that just to kind of encourage you and get you some in, some more thoughts around this, as well as I really just pray that this is a session, this is training, this is just a voice that I can be the voice of God to you in some way and to really free you, restore you, and really heal you in the area of finances and money, like he's done for me and is still doing for me. So I was an accountant before being a coach and I was interacting a lot, obviously looking at a lot of different financial books, learning a lot about how money goes in and out, the way money works, the system and all of that sort of thing. That doesn't really train you to deal with how you view money. And, you know, in regards to even personal finances, I kind of just always operated that if I have it, I have it. If I don't have it, I don't have it. Uh, but very, very, very um, early in my, my walk with God, especially when I really, I would say I really committed to making him Lord of my life. And we're going to talk a lot about lordship because I believe for me, even after being a Christian since I was eight years old, it wasn't until college that I really got to explore who Jesus was and make the decision for myself that I really made him Lord. Because there's a difference that God is your savior, but he wants to be the king of your life. He wants to be 
the king on your heart and he wants to be your father. He, he wants to be your Lord. And often that means putting things that we put above him, not realizing it, whether in an, unintentionally or intentionally, putting them underneath his throne. And so for me, when I would, he really said, am I Lord of your life? For me, it was like, are you willing to put your achievements underneath my throne? Then, you know, in regards to my relationship with food and my appearance, are, he's like, are you willing to put that underneath my throne? You know, uh, my career and, you know, it being a safe, secure career, he's like, are you willing to put that underneath my throne so that you can do what I'm calling to you, what you're really passionate about? And I feel like this year, you know, I went through my relationship with food and allowing him to restore that, my relationship with my body and allowing him to restore that, my relationship with myself and allowing him to restore my worth my wellness. And now I feel like it's the year this 2017 has been the year of him restoring my relationship with wealth. And I don't think I would have gotten there if I hadn't gone full time with coaching because I started to see that I'm actually in charge of how much my business makes in the sense I'm either going to take the activities and do the actions that create more income or use more use more income on expenses and i actually i am actually the one to say hey this is how much i want to make this is how much i want to take home because that's another story how much your business makes versus how much you take home is different if you have business expenses right and so really being giving that that freedom to decide that because when you're employed by someone, yes, you can go up and you can get bonuses and you can go up in how much you get back based on your rank. But for a while, there is a set amount that you're going to get. So you know, okay, well, this amount, this is the amount I have to spend. This is the amount I have to give. This is the amount I have to save. But when you're in charge, when the literally the income potential becomes limitless for you, really it does. Um, when you're running your own business, you're then forced around the, you're been forced to really look at, well, do I want my income to be limitless? Is that okay to want more money? Or do I just want to get by? Or do I even feel like I can get by? You know, so all these thoughts, then you, you're forced to kind of reconcile this. And, and I knew that I always kind of struggled with with money in the guards to really felt bad spending it on myself or very always felt like I mismanaged it. And you just, and no one would ever, no one, if you were listening and you looked at my accounts or whatever, you would never say that. But for me, I was so hard on myself because I always uh, felt like there was this, this thing with money and that goes back to roots and it goes back to all this stuff, right? We don't need to go all back there. But when I first, you know, earlier this year, I felt like God was just saying, what do you actually believe about money? And are you finding your security in how much you have? Or are you finding your security in me? And very early on in the year, you know, picking a word, I, I realized that, you know, he, this word was tenacity. You know, I, uh, I was supposed to be tenacious and persevere. But last year, I was, when I was considering going full time, I really felt God saying, this is the year of my provider. And that feels good. You know, God's going to provide for me. Well, when it comes down to the wire, when you actually have to trust God to provide for you, it doesn't feel as good because you are out, it's outside of your control. You're feeling insecure, you know, and, but the beautiful thing is, is that when I 
went on this journey, not once, not once, not once, did God never provide what I needed when I needed it. And all that to say, I still don't think God is, wants his people to just barely get by. Because there's two, there's two mindsets that we, and this is kind of going into, going into kind of some things I want to talk about. There's two mindsets that I think we really, you know, in, in general, live our, live our life in. Well, there's kind of three, four. But in regards to money, there's either the scarcity mindset, which be, is a very fixed mindset. So those are the two that kind of really correlate together. Or there's a growth mindset and a very abundant mindset. Scarcity mindset. And there's a book by Victoria Castle called The Trans Scarcity, which really says is that there is, there's, like this, there's this feeling that there will never be enough. There is never enough. I'm not enough. I'll never have enough. This, this sense of lack versus the, that, that never and that lack is where you get the scarcity and fix. Now, versus the growth mindset, abundant mindset, believes that there is enough for everybody. I am. And I'm more than enough. There's more than enough money. There's more than enough resources. There's more than enough opportunities. And growth will say, you know what? I may not be here now, but there is more. And I will take the actions towards growing towards more. And far too often are we in these other sides. Uh, that's very not, not of Jesus. And, you know, it does talk about, Paul does talk about in Philippians how whether he has a whether he has lack, whether he doesn't feel like he has enough, or whether he has tons, he's learning the secret of being content. That he can do all things through Christ. And with that, Paul is saying it's actually not about whether we have a little or a lot. It's about where's our security? Where's our strength coming from? Where's our motivation? Where's our why? Where is our fundamental trust coming from? Because Countless scriptures in the Bible talk about your life could be demanded of you this very instant. Where is the money you've been storing up in the barns going to go? Right? Well, you're not taking it with you. Don't store up treasures in heaven. But when we hear that, right? Because I truly believe that's actually the thing where Jesus needs to be Lord of our life and we need to trust him as our provider, as our, the one that is faithful. But when we hear that, most of us are like, well, you know what? Forget money. It's evil. Those who are rich, they don't enter heaven. Like, no, that's not what scripture says. There are a lot of warnings in the Bible against loving money above God. And I'm going to just share some of, some of those with you right now. You know, it says that 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil because some people who have eagerly desired money more than anything else, have wandered from the faith faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Luke 16, 13 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In Matthew 19, 23 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6, 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Luke 12, 15, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of evil. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. 
Ecclesiastes 5, 10 to 12, whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast his eyes on them? The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of a rich man permits no sleep. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So if you listen to those scriptures, there are really clear warnings. And the Bible, over 2,000 something verses about money. But if you really go back to those verses in the English language, at least, it clearly says for the love of money is what has really torn us away from God, has torn us away from people and is what is destructive, right? And I'm going to say really after this long journey of being, you know, really God speaking into my relationship with money, I do say, yeah, money's nice. I work to make money. And I'm now not afraid to say, hey, I need to make this much money. Before I was like, when I got asked, okay, what if you were to make X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, that's way too much. I don't, no, 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 no. But then I, you know, I was like, okay, what would I do with that? I was like, well, you know what? I would be able to give a lot more places. I would be able to save for family. You know, I would be able to like save for a rainy day if accidents happen or save something business or I want to take a vacation for a month, whatever, I would, I would still be able to get paid. It's like, wow, there's a lot of purpose. There can be a lot of purpose to more money than I need for that particular month. And I'm going to say, yeah, I like money. Money's good. But the issue is, is when I say, oh, I love money more than anything else. And the real question is money. It's not, is money the root of all kinds of things? The real question is, who is Lord of your life? What is your heart going after? What is your aim? Because if it is of money, then you're going the wrong way. If it is of being successful, you're going the wrong way. If it is just trying to get married or have kids or finding your worth, your security, your help in anything but God, that is when we have to take a step back and say, who is on the, who is on the throne of my heart and my life? Is it money? Because for me, even though I was, I'm really honest, I might have been in this scarcity mindset, but money was, still on the, money was still partially on the throne of my life, right? Because I was looking to it for security versus here in Hebrews uh, where it talks about being content because trusting that God is your provider and that never will he leave me and forsake me. God has asked me countless times this last year, do you trust me? And he's put me in these situations. And I've had to be like, yeah, Lord, I'm... I'm going to trust you and sure enough, always faithful and abundantly blessing me more, not just financially, but with so much, you start to see, I am so blessed. I have this house. I have this family. I have health. I have like, I have so much. I have food. I have all these different things. And we start to then focus on the abundance we already have versus the lack that we feel like we don't like we have. Right. But with that, being content with God. That does not mean you need to sit there and say, and just give all of your money away. That does not mean that it's wrong to receive money. It does not mean that it's wrong to save money or to spend money. 
Because scripture then does say a lot around giving, but it says a lot about receiving too. It says a lot about spending, and it says a lot about saving. And a lot about stewardship. When, you're, when you have money, what to do with it. I'm just going to go through a few of those and just really pray again that you will just open your heart, maybe what God wants to say something specifically about one of these areas. Giving, receiving, spending, saving, viewing money. Uh, Matthew 25, God talks about the parable of the talents. And often we, we look at this and we say parable of the talents as, you know, gifts. Like talents, actually. Like we're talented. That's so true. But literally he's talking about money. I think a talent was worth like, what, 20 years of wages. So one man was given five, so probably 100 years of wages. One man was given two, really. One man was given one. And he gives them, he asks them to steward it. The man with five immediately invested. So he had more to lose, right? Higher risk, but higher risk is always a higher reward. He, he invested and he made double that. Man with two invested in me, double up. But how is it that the man with one, usually you would think the man with five is like, oh, wow, like I should keep all of this. This is more. But the man with one who was operating in this mindset of like, well, he was said he was scared of his master, but operating in this mindset of, oh, man, I only have this little bit, the scarcity mindset, hid the money and did nothing with it. The manager comes back. And he says to the two who invest and make, and I don't, yes, he inv they invested and make more. But I think it was actually the act of saying that literally he called them to multiply and make more with it. God's a God of multiplication. And I talked about that with Vanessa um, Pereira in another episode on the biblical wealth principle of maximization and multiplication. But the one who hit it, he he was upset. He didn't say, well done, good, faithful servant to him. He said, well, if you know that I'm hard with my money, why didn't you at least put it in and get interest? And the man's punished. And that just clearly says God has a plan for us to steward money in a certain way. And, and clearly he made more of it. So then if we think more money is bad, we judge those who are wealthy. Well, we have to be careful because, yes, it's hard for the rich to enter to heaven. It's easy to become obsessed with the abundance of these possessions we have. But if we really look at the people, even in the kingdom, God's kingdom, we've made change. They've had their income. and More of it, I'm stewarded wisely. And it does talk about, though he, the Bible does talk about he who's been given little. And steward it wisely, I will give much. And then when that happens, you can steward it more. So there was a time in my business where you know, I was making little. Getting by by the grace of God, but making little. But it was in that time God said, you need to set up some, you need to get your mind right, you need to get your heart right, and you need to set up some systems and a, some source of accountability to get this thing going. So I asked, even though I'm an accountant, I asked a friend who was an accountant to help me with like QuickBooks and stuff because even, it's just not my passion. I'm not going to naturally sit here and say I want to do QuickBooks. It's not going to do it. I'm going to naturally sit here. I'm going to do a podcast. Yeah, I'm going to naturally do that because I love teaching and love sharing. I want to coach and mentor um, and educate. But uh, And, you know, I have, I have a coach, a mastermind, and all that for myself. And, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know what? Like, you're just a small business. Do you really need that? And I'm saying yes because I want 
this no matter what the income, no matter what the thing, I want it to be set up in such a way that I know where my money is going and I know where my money is coming from. And then my business could pay me a salary and my business could run. I can invest in my employees, AKA me and personal development. I could pay for my employees pension, AKA me, you know, uh, and that when things do grow, there are systems in place that I could still apply these stewardship principles. Still say this percentage is going towards giving this percentage is going towards saving and profit. And you know what, when it's more, well, that percentage, maybe that will increase, but there's a system in place. And I believe ever since that I've tried to be faithful with little God has been giving me more. And now I'm no longer scared to say, Oh, I want to make X, Y, and Z because I realize actually it's not that I want to take home X, Y, and Z. And even if I did want to take home that and use it for me and my family or to enjoy life, well, that's okay. Cause he actually talks about enjoying, but it's whether or not I'm trying to do that because I find security in that amount of money. Or I'm saying, I think God, you want me to make this so I could do X, Y, and Z for you and your kingdom with this amount of money. Even if that part of that plan is providing myself. And then it also talks about in Deuteronomy, how to not forget the Lord. He talks about to the Israelites. He's like, I have taken you through a tough time. I humbled you, causing you to not have lack to, you know, the hunger and feed and then i've provided for you so that you would know that man does not live on bread alone but every word that comes from the mouth of the lord then he says in deuteronomy 8 7 for the lord your god is bringing you into a good land a land with brooks streams and deep springs gushing out of the valley land with wheat barley vines and fig trees pomegranate oil honey a, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing but when that happens be careful that you do not forget the lord your god when you're satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flock grow large and your silver and gold increase, because he's saying this is going to happen, and all you have is multiplied, be careful you do not become proud and forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you out of slavery, who fed you when you had nothing. It's going to be very easy for you to say in verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God's free is it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And right there, it puts it into perspective, whether you are employed by someone else or whether you're employed yourself, that your money does not come from anyone else but the Lord because he's giving you the ability to produce it. We have an act, right? The Lord will bless us if we do anything or not, but sometimes it is us taking that action to be open to that receiving, but realizing that, hey, this is my hands. But the Lord, you give me, you gave me this hands, you gave me this ability to produce wealth. So I thank you. The Lord gave me a very real way of doing this, where I, there was a goal that I've been going after a certain thing with, actually the doTERRA side of my my sensual business, and happened, and I knew it was from the Lord because actually at that moment I wasn't really like going for it, and immediately my natural tendency whenever I reach any goal in any part of my life is like, okay, what do I have to do to keep it going? Like, what do I need to do? And immediately go back into this scarce mode. And I felt the Lord saying this to me that very day. It is I who gave you that ability to do that. So come to me. And if I want you to hit that again, you'll do it. If not, just know that it is still I who gives you the ability and it is still I who provides.
you know, different scriptures then about investing in seven ventures, investing in more than one thing. Like it is okay to save and invest and put your money in all these places. The Lord wants us to give, but the Lord wants us to be wise stewards. The Lord wants us to save up for our the future generations, to save up for these things, to enjoy our wealth. Uh, but ultimately know that it is him who gives us that wealth. It is him who gives us the provide. So then I'm going to talk about a little bit about giving, receiving, spending, and saving. The Bible talks a lot about giving, and I think easily as Christians, we, we, we know that. And, you know, uh, the, the free gift that goes with this summit is um, free access to the Facing Your Finances Challenge and Masterclass that I did with Allie Davis, Business Mindset and Christian, Business and Mindset Coach for Christian Women Entrepreneurs. And we did that from a biblical point of view, but just, you know, anyone can actually take something from it. But you know what we what I what I led the people through the, during the challenge is based off this book by Tommy Brown called the Seven Money Types, and it's based on seven different men in the Bible actually, and their unique way of handling the resources and how that reflects the image of God. And what's very interesting is when doing that challenge with people, and then even when I did this master class version of it, a whole master class of it locally, which that too will be available online soon. Uh, just realize that a lot of people have these two main types and it's Abraham and Aaron and Abraham is hospitality and Aaron is humility. Abraham's like, I've been blessed so I can just bless others wants to use the resources to just bless, bless, bless. But it is hard for Abraham to receive. And Abraham often thinks that, no, I need to do, do get this stuff for myself. Now, Aaron, as a priest, we're at that time, literally priests and the same way that kind of the church model is both is that, you know, you, you trust, you people give to the Lord's work and then from that they get paid. Uh, Aaron, you know, personality type says, hey, I can just trust on the Lord. I just don't need to, you know, I don't need to worry. I don't need to plan. But the shadow side of Aaron is instability and lack of planning, right? Well, yeah, we can trust the Lord, but the Lord wants, the Lord wants us to be above reproach. He wants us to plan and that is honoring to God. Well, you have other types like Moses and Isaac that are super disciplined, super forthright, which I am more of an Isaac type. Um, I do have Joseph, uh, which is using resources for connection. But anyways, that's all in the, 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 the challenge too. So you could take the test through there and get a, um, a brief little training on that. But so knowing that, we then have to see that yes, we give, but we need to understand that the Lord wants to give to us. So that needs, we need to put me in a position where we're ready to receive. Yes, the Bible talks about, um, you know, the, the widow giving out of her poverty. You know, it talks about the Corinthians who were, didn't have much, but gave, you know, overflowing out of their extreme poverty, expecting no, nothing in return. Uh, but then the Bible also talks in Second Corinthians about sowing generously and reaping generously giving cheerfully and knowing that god is able to abundantly bless us giving us all we need and how about helping us to abound in every good work and i so i ask you are you open to receiving you're probably open to giving but are you open to receiving because then in matthew 6 tells us not to worry because the god who clothes the fields 
then in James, if, a, if, our, if our earthly fathers give us these good gifts, how, how would God not allow us? But often we're so, we actually miss out on God's blessings and opportunities to receive. It might be right in front of us, but maybe we need to take an action and say, hey, ask someone for help. You know, sometimes our pride gets the best of us. Philippians 4 then talks about how God will meet all of our, his, our needs according to Christ Jesus. So I ask you again, are you open to receiving? You might be open to giving. If not, we need, you need to ask that question. Are you open to giving? But are you open to giving knowing that he who gives, will, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over abundantly for everything that you need? And then spending, you know, understanding that seeking first the kingdom of God and all of our expenses is something that we need to do. And God wants us to enjoy our wealth, like enjoy the things we have. And that's a whole other story, defining what wealth and money means to you. And that is something that the, the challenge in the masterclass will take you to. And I also have a 90-minute intensive that I help people with this through called Financially Fit and Free. Um, and then saving. Some people are better savers than others. Some people are like, oh, I have it. I need to use it. The Lord calls us in Psalms to, to store up wealth for our children. And I've seen how my parents have done it. They're just really, really good financial planners. But, you know, just the idea of caring for the future generations. we got to do that with our families, but also with our countries and our organizations. And, and to know that we can't just be always thinking about the short term when you need to be thinking about the long term, right? So wherever you are in your relationship with money, whether you're in a place feeling stuck, giving, receiving, spending, or saving, or you're looking at scripture and you're looking at money and looking at your desires and like, okay, it's okay to want money, more money. It may, it is okay, but it's a matter of this. I think it's a hard issue. We really need to go down to our heart and ultimately ask ourselves this question, who am I finding security in? What am I finding security in? And who and what is actually Lord of my life? Because let's remove money from this situation. It can be anything. It could be relationships. It could be career. It could be body image. It could be anything, success. And I'm here with you listening and saying, this is not something I fully have arrived at. But I know and I know and I know if it is money in particular, know that this, that we serve a God who is our provider. And even, and I, and, and I really feel like God's asked me this and he's asked and feel like I've got, worked hard or received something, but then he's like, are you willing to put it back up to me and trust me? And I'll, I'll just kind of end this off with Abraham and Isaac and how Abraham, Isaac was promise to Abraham this this child you know that would bless the nations that all of this would happen from and they waited and waited and finally received the son that was promised though they did things in between that God didn't want them to do but that's not what we're talking about we all do that at times right and then he ultimately he's like all right Abraham I want you to go and sacrifice your one and only son to me and who knows what Abraham was feeling, but, you know, the Bible says he went and did it. And then the son's like, Dad, but where's the lamb? He's like, God himself will provide the lamb. And this does foreshadow to Jesus, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But 
He's about to sacrifice his son. And God says, stop. For I know now that you have not withheld your son from me. I know now that I'm actually Lord of your life. And then he provides a lamb. So there may be instances in your life where you've worked hard for something, whether it be financial, whether it be anything. And then God says, all right, well, I've, I've actually blessed you with it, but are you willing to give it back up to me? And trust me that I'm going to give you more and you will receive more. But ultimately, even if that doesn't happen, do you still trust me? Am I still Lord of your life? And that's hard. It's a hard, it's a hard question and it's a hard place, but it's a sweet place because it's in that, in that sacrifice, in that surrender, you start to really see that the one that you've given your life to, the one that's given his life for you is loving, is kind, is faithful, is true. I remember my pastor, was it last, last, maybe last Christmas or the Christmas before, told us this story and specifically tied it how the Lord himself will provide a lamb. And, you know, as we enter into this Christmas season where we as Christians celebrate God providing the lamb, the lamb that sacrificed himself so that we, so that you and I could be here full of grace, full of hope, full of freedom. So that we know that we don't have to rely on money or man to provide everything we need in this life. But we could rely on the one who is above money, who is above man, who created money, who created man, and who can tell it where to go. And as I end, I just want to really pray for you. And just pray, I pray right now. That if you don't know, if you are listening to this and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to say that he is someone that is waiting for you and waiting for you to see he has all you need and all you want and more. And if you do know him, I ask you, is he, you know, the first person, is he Savior? Maybe you are the, maybe you already know him, but is he Lord? Is he Lord of your life? And as we end this year and enter in another, let's go into it trusting that Jesus is our provider, trusting that he is good, and trusting that his lordship is not a tyranny. It's not one of a dictatorship. It's one of pure love and grace, mercy, and justice for sure. But it's one that we can, he is one that we can trust, and it's a lordship and kingship and rulership that we can trust. So I bless you, and I hope this was, hope this was life-giving for you. And please, you know, uh, if you're watching this during the giveaway, which is 11th to the 15th of the month of December, you know, join my Healthy and Thriving Women's group and comment on this photo for the Facing Your Finances Challenge and Masterclasses. I'm going to give that away to one, one, um, one lady. And if you're a man and you're watching this and you still want that, you could still just email me back. That's fine. And um, I'll enter your name. But I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you and his face will shine upon you. And if you know, if you know you need help, we'd love to talk to a coach one-on-one. -on -one. I do have my 90-minute intensive and I'll put the details to that along with this. Have a great one and I will talk to you soon make sure you sign up for the giveaway so your name and stuff can be entered um, 
Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Be Healthy and Thrive podcast, and I hope you are leaving feeling equipped, encouraged, and empowered to truly be healthy and thrive in your whole health and life. So share this podcast with others, subscribe, and let me know how it impacted you. And of course, be sure to check out the corresponding blog post that has all the links to the free goodies that were mentioned during the episode. That's it for me for now, but I will see you soon on the next episode. Bye.